You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STV Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and I hope you had a very fantastic weekend, a March Madness opening weekend. My bracket is shot. We're going to get into that, but we are on YouTube. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, and everywhere you get your podcasts. So please subscribe. Whatever platform is your favorite, please subscribe. Please share it with your friends that love sports. Please comment on the YouTube videos. Send in your takes on Anchor, whatever you want to do. Love having you guys. Thank you for being here. Um, A lot of big news going on. Obviously, we have March Madness. We had some big injuries in the NBA. LeBron and LaMelo both go down. We're going to get into that quickly. I'm going to go through and do my STB Sports Take NBA Power Rankings. Update that. Going to have to talk a little bit about the MVP race as well as the Rookie of the Year race because of the injuries that happened, which is where we're going to get started. LeBron James goes down with a high ankle sprain on his right ankle. Um, He actually tried to return to the game. And was unable to, to keep going. He's out indefinitely. Um, I think you're going to see LeBron come back. His biggest strength throughout his entire career has been his durability. The guy's in his 18th season. And he's really been injured once that I can think of. And that was two years ago with the groin injury. Um, and that was a legitimate injury. But you do also wonder if it was a little bit of a super precautionary. Because the team was clearly not that good. That was his first season with the, the Lakers. And they just weren't very good. Um, They weren't going to do much damage in the playoffs if they even got there. And I do wonder if it was kind of him almost doing some load management. I think obviously he was hurt. I'm not saying he faked it. Don't get me wrong there. But he has absolutely been Superman when it comes to injuries. The guy is indestructible, it feels like. And so to see him go down was was scary and kind of sad because he's been the face of the league for more than a decade now. Uh, The better part of two decades, really. But especially since, like, Kobe retired. I mean, LeBron has been the guy. And the league's just better with LeBron in it. And so I hope he gets back quickly. I think he will. Um, You know, there's guys that have been out for a few weeks with this. There's guys that have been out for just a few days. Um, He has the best training staff and, and doctors around him, obviously. And... He puts a ton into his body. He's clearly got uh, one of the most durable and tough bodies that has ever existed in professional sports. I think you're going to see LeBron back pretty quickly, especially because this year is absolutely a championship or bust year for the Lakers. Um, I think he'll be careful, but not to the point where it costs them you know, a really good seeding in the playoffs. Um, if they make it into the playoffs as a four seed and Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both fully healthy they're still going to be the favorites to win the West. So I don't think they're going to worry too much about that, but they can't risk slipping all the way down to where their road is just like boom, 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 like tough team after tough team. Um, They're going to want to at least be in those top four, four or five spots, I would think. So we'll see. And it's also going to depend a lot on how quickly Anthony Davis can come back. And for the record, and I, and I hate to, you know, quote, kick a guy while he's down. I uh, am not meaning to do that in any way, but LeBron James uh, gets hurt exits the game, I believe realizes he has just seven points. And for those of you that don't know, he has a monster streak going. It's an NBA all-time record streak of double-digit, so 10 points or more games, double-digit point games going. Um, He surpassed Michael Jordan like two or three seasons ago or something like that. It It was a record that Jordan had. LeBron has since passed it. Jordan had 900 and something. LeBron now is up to 1,036 
games because he comes back into the game and hits a three-pointer to get him to 10 points and immediately exits the game again. And while part of you, you know, wants to say, yeah, you know, he was trying to come back and play and, and see if he could see if he could go for his team, uh, see how it felt. I personally believe that LeBron came back for the sole purpose of getting a three-pointer, of getting three points and leaving the game again so that he could keep that streak of 10 plus points going. And so now he has 1,036 uh, games in a row of 10 plus points. I think that's the only reason he came back. And it's kind of interesting because he he is so concerned about the GOAT talk um, and knowing that it, Michael Jordan is widely considered to be the GOAT. He's obviously got quite a few people in his corner. Um, there's there's reason you know for that. He's got a lot of things going for him. But, but Michael Jordan is widely considered to be the GOAT and rightfully so. And it's kind of like I've got a skee-ball machine in my house, okay? And last night I had some people over. And I'm playing, you know, this friend of mine in skee ball, and you know, I beat her the first, or she beat me the first game. I beat her the second game, but I had gone second in both those games. And she's like, "Look, I need to go second this time. Like, I need to know what I'm what I'm up against. And it's 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 better to go second because you know what you have to do to win. And that's how I view LeBron James right now with Michael with chasing Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan wasn't chasing anybody. He was just playing basketball at the highest level. He became the GOAT pretty early on. He was widely considered the greatest player ever pretty early. And then he just kept racking up accolades and awards and championships and MVPs and finals MVPs and breaking records. Retired for a couple years to play baseball, then retired again for a couple years to just do nothing and then came back with the Wizards. And so he wasn't really chasing anyone. LeBron knows that he can never be Michael Jordan when it comes to killer instinct, when it comes to clutch factor. He can never, you know, be six for six in the finals. He can never have the six for six MVPs in the finals. Um, he's already got a losing record. He is guaranteed to finish his career with a losing record in the finals. And he's not viewed as being clutch and probably never will be viewed as being clutch. Certainly not at the level of Michael Jordan. I'm not saying he's not clutch at all, but certainly not at the level of Michael Jordan. And so really the only thing that he can do is to know what he's up against, like the skee-ball game last night, and then try and beat it in other ways, right? So right now he's thinking, I need to rack up, you know, more points, more assists, more rebounds, more seasons, more, you know, just more all-time stats. And this is another one of them, the all-time record for most points or most games in a row with double-digit points. So I think that's the only reason he came back into the game. Um which I don't know if I'm knocking it or not. I just wanted to make mention of that. You know, it's, it's fine that he wants to rack up these records, but I don't want people to think that he was just some hero trying to come back in the game because I don't think that's the case. I think he knew he was going to get three points and leave the game again. But one of the things I wanted to touch on with this injury is this is this really, those two things really, this really affects the MVP race in the NBA because we had Joel Embiid as our MVP. He went down with an injury. A lot of people had LeBron next. I had Damian Lillard. Um, but LeBron's now out with an injury. Steph Curry uh, also went down with an injury, a tailbone. He'll probably be back shortly, I would think. Um, but it's just kind of a shame. Kevin Durant's out with an injury. LeBron James is out with an injury. Joel Embiid's out with an injury. Steph Curry is out with an injury. And LaMelo Ball fractured his wrist. We're going to get into that as well. Uh, but fractured his right wrist and is out for the rest of the season, most likely. And he was the runaway rookie of the year. So five stars, really superstars, four superstars, and then LaMelo, the, the rookie of the year frontrunner, all out with injury right now in the NBA. Kind of kind of a bum deal there. Um, but the, the MVP race is really going to be interesting now because I think Embiid is 
his chances have taken a hit unless he can come back pretty soon. LeBron's chances will take a hit now unless he can come back soon. So really it goes to, of the guys that are currently playing, so I'm going to rule out Kevin Durant, who wouldn't be in the running because he's already missed so many games. But let's just say for, for the sake of you know making this interesting, let's say that you have to take out Embiid and LeBron, even though I think they both could still be in the running, especially if they come back uh, you know relatively quickly. I'm going to go with my MVP race or my MVP leaders at, of course, Damian Lillard first. Uh, I've got Giannis second. I've got James Harden. I'm going to put at third. I know I am. I'm going to put James Harden at third. And I'm actually going to put Luka Doncic at fourth and then um, Nikola Jokic at fifth. So that would be my top five. So Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, Luka Doncic, and Nikola Jokic. So those would be my top five, assuming we have to take LeBron and Embiid out. Um, obviously, if they are still in, I would slide them into different spots. I'd probably have Embiid second or third, and then I'd have LeBron probably fourth ahead of Harden. Um, maybe fifth just behind Harden. It just, you know, just a lot of things can play out still. But interesting MVP race. Um, but the other thing I want to touch on with this injury with LeBron is Montrez Harrell went on uh, on the under the podium in the postgame press conference and talked about how this was he he didn't say it was a dirty play but he very much hinted at that and said that it wasn't a basketball play and that is absolutely ludicrous it was 1000% a basketball play it was 1000% not a dirty play I mean there is a loose ball that a guy is diving for LeBron is also going for the ball and unfortunately uh, you know, you get a shoulder to a planted ankle and it and it rolls his ankle and you've got an injury. I think LeBron will be back quickly. I hope he's back quickly, but I hate that Montrez Harrell did that. Um, right now, I actually can't even remember the name of the player, so that's maybe a good thing, that dive, that dove into LeBron's leg. But he he should not have to go through that. He should not. Ha- he actually had to go to Instagram to defend himself and, you know, talk about how it wasn't dirty. He's not a dirty player. Everyone knows that. And I'm thinking this poor guy, he was trending on Twitter at one point. This poor guy should not have to go through that. He's just a guy trying to make a name for himself in the NBA, diving for loose balls, trying to stay on a roster probably, trying to win a game. Um, there is there is no way on this earth that he was trying to injure LeBron James. There is no way that he was trying to injure LeBron James. So I hate that Montrose Harrell said that. It was not a dirty play. So, yeah, just want to make note of that. Okay, the other injury, by the way, the, the Lakers went on to lose that game to the Hawks, and then they lost again yesterday uh, to the Suns. But, I mean, without LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they have no shot at the playoffs, um, certainly no shot in the playoffs, but I don't even think they make the playoffs if those guys remain out for the next few weeks. Uh, they will just continue to lose games. They're they're honestly close to a G League team without those two guys. That's how important those two guys are. Those two players, oh, that's another guy I didn't mention. Anthony Davis is out with an injury. So Anthony Davis and LeBron James are two of the five best players in the NBA when healthy. They're both out. So without them, it's close to a G League team. They have no shot. Um, we'll get into the power rankings here shortly, but I want to talk briefly about LaMelo Ball. He goes down with a fractured right wrist. This guy was on a tear. He had been inserted into the starting lineup not long ago. He's been absolutely phenomenal since then. He's a playmaker. He can shoot it from outside. He can get to the rim and finish. He's a distributor. He can handle the ball like we haven't seen. He can distribute the ball like we haven't seen. His passing ability with the the spinning of the English, the behind the back, the no looks, this guy can absolutely facilitate like we haven't seen in a long, long time. He's big and tall. He's confident. Um... 
athletic. Like to me, this guy, LaMelo Ball, is a superstar in the making, and I hate to see him go down in his rookie year with a fractured right wrist. Uh, it's the type of injury that I'm sure he'll be fine and bounce back strong next year with, but such a bummer. He was truly the runaway rookie of the year. It was not even close. Um, in fact, I had it pulled up somewhere, but he was he was like first, he was second in points, total points among rookies. I do remember it. He was second in points among total rookies behind only Anthony Edwards, but then he was first in steals, assists, rebounds. I mean, this guy was playing out of his mind, um, especially from a rookie perspective. Now you're going to see that mix up a little bit. I think you're probably going to see Anthony Edwards be rookie of the year at this point. Um, he leads all scorers among rookies. He leads all rookies in scoring, I should say, at 16.7. LaMelo Ball was averaging 15.9, so barely less than a point fewer than Anthony Edwards. He was second in points per game. Um, and then rebounding, 5.9 uh, rebounds per game, 6.1 assists. So LaMelo was really, really playing well. Also shooting the ball well, uh, shooting almost 38% from three, 79% uh from the foul line and 45% uh, overall field goal percentage. Anthony Edwards' field goal percentage is a little bit lower, 38.5. That's probably his biggest problem right now. Uh, but he is leading all, all rookies in scoring. So you're probably going to see him win rookie of the year now. Um, Emmanuel Quickly of the New York Knicks would also be in the running, as well as James Wiseman uh, on the Golden State Warriors. This is kind of a weak rookie class, if we're being completely honest. Um, but... LaMelo Ball was a superstar in the making. He was making that team better. It was actually converting to wins. Uh, they were in the playoff race. Like This is a huge hit for, for him, a huge hit for the league, huge hit for the Hornets. And so hate to see LaMelo Ball go out. Um, but uh, yeah, looks like we will not have him be Rookie of the Year because he's likely to miss the entirety of the season. Okay, so one thing he skipped was college. So we're going to switch to college now and talk about March Madness. My bracket, I went out on a limb on a lot of things, guys. Um, and I am embarrassed to say that I was wrong on just about all of them. <laughs> I am ranking among the very bottom of the entire country for my bracket. Um, I admittedly tried to take some chances and do some unique things just to give myself a chance to blow everybody away, and it had the exact opposite effect. I think I'll climb the rankings a little bit, though, um, because Gonzaga, which they're playing right now, they're, they're, they're winning big again. I've got them as my champs. That alone just helps you. But two of my Final Four teams, out. One of my championship teams, out. I had Purdue in the championship. They lost in the first round. Um, I had I had uh, Georgetown, I told you, was like my dark horse 12 seed to kind of make a run because of the run they had made in the Big East tournament out in the first round. Um, not a good showing. I tried to pick upsets. It's near impossible to do uh, sometimes, and this year I especially swung and missed. So uh, somebody will win the $100. I will not be paying myself. I was not going to anyway, but I definitely am not going to win our tournament or our bracket challenge. So uh, fun to watch. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention... Um, was the uh, the no contest between Oregon and VCU. How sad and sucky was that? I mean, these are guys, like, imagine, so I didn't play basketball in, high, in college. I played in high school. I tried to play in college. It was like a dream of mine. I tried out for BYU's team twice and uh, did not make it. But it would have been an absolute dream to play college basketball and to think that you're there, you've made it, and now it's like the absolute dream to play in March Madness. You make the tournament. Your team's name is announced. You're on national television. This is like the dream of dreams for a you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kid. And then you have a coronavirus incident on your team. 
a couple of guys test positive and your game's canceled. No contest. So not only is D and that happened to VCU. So VCU not only doesn't get to play at all, but they have to forfeit and lose. And so it sucks for them, but it really sucks for Oregon too. They were just robbed of an opening round tournament game. Sure, they get to advance and they'll get to play a game, but they got robbed of a game because of coronavirus. So it just sucks. For I, I get where they're coming from. The, the rule was if you had, I think it was if you had more than one, maybe it might have even been more than two. I think it was just more than one though. If you had more than one positive test on your team, then you had to, it was a no contest. And it happened late enough that they actually couldn't replace them with one of the, the fill-in teams. And so Oregon didn't get to play, just became a no contest. Basically, VCU had to forfeit, and uh, Oregon moves on to the second round. So that was really sucky. Um, you know, honestly, my my heart goes out to both those teams because I know how much that means, especially at that age, to be on that biggest stage and and then have it taken from you. Um, so just another just another you know sucky part of the of the pandemic. Hopefully, we're getting through this uh, soon so we can kind of get things back to normal. And obviously there's worse things that have happened in life than this, but that was an interesting thing that we'd never seen before in my lifetime, a no contest in the NCAA tournament, a forfeit, if you will. And uh, Oregon moves on to the second round. Okay, going to move in now to um, my STB power rankings for the NBA. And there's a, there's a few criteria here I want to mention. Um, when I do my power rankings, I think of a few different things. One, what have you done overall? So obviously your overall record, your overall uh, point differential, things like that. Like, what have you done overall is really important to me. Uh, what have you done for me lately is very important for, to me also, because if your team is headed in the right direction, that's going to help you. If you've, if you're headed in the wrong direction, that's going to hurt you. So what, what direction are you headed in? What have you done for me lately? Uh, what have you done for me overall? And then your point differential, I put huge stock in that because that tells a bigger picture of just, uh, you know, how good your team really is. Are you outscoring your opponents on average by a large margin? Um, but or are you barely squeaking out wins? Are you getting lucky? You know, things like that. And then also your record versus quality opponents, um, because that tells me what you're going to be able to do in the playoffs. And so I look at that as well. What have you, what have you done against uh, teams that are 500 or above? Because those are really the playoff teams, right? So right now, my, uh, my STB sports take NBA power rankings, I'm going to start at number 10. And at number 10, I have the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks have been streaking. Uh, Luka Doncic played out of his mind the other night. Uh, eight of nine from three. And like I say, he's kind of crawled his way into the MVP talk. Eight of nine from three. He's now 37% from three on the season, which is a career high for him. Uh, Luka playing really, really well. Again, crawled his way into the MVP race. But the Mavericks, the Mavericks have now won seven of their last 10. They do have a good uh, point differential. They've climbed their way at least into the playoffs in the Western Conference. And again, because they're 7-3 and three in their last 10, I really like that. Um, so I've got them at number 10. At number 9, I have the Atlanta Hawks. They're a team that has not been mentioned either. So that's two new teams that have never been mentioned before in the STB uh, power rankings. But the Hawks now are in the four seed for the Eastern Conference playoffs, and they've won eight games in a row, which is the longest streak in the NBA. And also, they have a good point differential. So the Hawks at number nine. At number eight, I have the Nuggets, also a team that hadn't uh, seen much love. Uh, eight and two in their last ten. Um, you know, uh, their point differential is actually uh, pretty good. So yeah, that was the biggest thing for them was eight and two in their last ten. They're in th the five seed in the Western Conference. 
So this doesn't always go as just like the top 10 records, right? Like you're seeing, I'm kind of moving things around a little bit. Um, uh, at number seven, I have the Blazers. The Blazers are actually uh, sitting behind the Nuggets, but I've got them a step above. I think they're the better team right now. Um, they're seven and three in their last 10. I think they've got MVP frontrunner Damian Lillard. They've now got CJ McCollum back. Uh, I think you're going to see big things out of the Blazers. So I've got them at number seven. At number six, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. They're a team that I believe is underachieving, uh, but they are four and six in their last 10. So again, they're headed in the wrong direction, not looking super hot, um, but they've got all the talent there. All the pieces are there, uh, but they're currently the four seed in the West. A lot of things are going to change in the West, especially if LeBron James and Anthony Davis stay out. But I've got the uh, Los Angeles Clippers as the sixth best team in my power rankings. At number five, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, their point differential is second best in the Eastern Conference, behind only the Bucks and the Nets. Uh, they're eight and two in their last ten, and they're doing really well without Joel Embiid. And when he comes back, they're obviously going to be even better. So I've got the 76ers at the five spot. In the four spot, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. They have won six in a row, which is the second longest streak in the NBA behind only the Atlanta Hawks. And they've seemed to have really figured things out post-All-Star break. Uh, you're seeing them now just two games out of first in the Eastern Conference, 9-1 and one in their last 10. Everyone playing really, really well. Again, I think they're probably the second best team in the East behind just the Nets. And then the 76ers would be after that, which is why even though the 76ers are in first place in the East, I've got them down at the number five spot overall, and I've got two Eastern Conference teams ahead of them. Um, at number three, I have the Phoenix Suns. This is a team that's really surprised me. I've talked about the Chris Paul effect. This guy turns teams into winners everywhere he's gone throughout his career. The teams have improved and won significantly more games than they did without him. And when he leaves, they win significantly fewer games than they won with him. So Chris Paul is doing it again in Phoenix. Uh, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker can thank Chris Paul because they are now in second in the West. They actually have the second best record in the entire league, or excuse me, the third best uh, record in the entire league behind just the Jazz and the 76ers. They are 28 and 13. Um, they have the second best point differential behind just the Utah Jazz. They're 8 and 2 in their last 10, uh, sitting alone at second in the West. And they've actually, uh, one thing I was going to get into here shortly, um, that I'll talk about briefly right now is their record above uh, against teams above 500. So the team, the team with the best record um, against quality opponents, 500 or above opponents, is of course the Brooklyn Nets. So to finish out my power rankings, by the way, I had the Suns at number three, Jazz at number two. The Jazz have the best point differential and the best record in the NBA. I don't think they're the best team in the NBA, though. I think the Brooklyn Nets are. And the Brooklyn Nets are clearly headed in the right direction. Jazz are only 5-5 five and five in their last 10, so they're kind of headed in the wrong direction. Um, so I've got the Jazz at number 2, Brooklyn Nets at number 1. But the team with the best record in the NBA against teams above 500 is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are 17-3 against teams uh, above 500. The uh, Utah Jazz have the second best record, or second most wins anyway, at 17-7. and seven. So equal number of wins as the Nets, but fewer or but more losses. But then the Phoenix Suns, 14 and four. The Phoenix Suns are 14 and four against quality opponents. So when the, when the Suns play uh, teams that are playoff worthy, they're winning a large percentage of those games, 14 and four against those teams. To, to put that in perspective, the Lakers are just 10 and 12 uh, against teams of above 500. 
The Clippers are also just 10 and 12 against teams that are above 500. So here are these two juggernauts, the Clippers and the Lakers, the teams that everybody thinks are kind of the powerhouses, the front runners, but they have losing records against quality opponents. Whereas the Jazz, Suns, and Nets have winning records. The 76ers do as well at 9 and 8. The Milwaukee Bucks, 9 and 8. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, 8 and 12, which actually surprised me. It is a losing record, but that's a good number of wins. And again, that anomaly, the Washington Wizards, they have 11 wins, which is the, uh, the fourth most, I believe, or fifth most. It's the fifth most wins in the entire league against teams above 500, the Washington Wizards. But yet they're sitting down there 11 games below 500 themselves. But when they play quality opponents, they, they tend to do well. They played the Nets really close the other night. Didn't win, but it was a good game. And then the Mavericks are 13 and three, 13 and 13. So they are exactly 500 against teams with uh, with winning records. So those are really important stats to look at for me um, because it tells me, okay, what if you you can go beat up on teams that suck? Big deal. Those teams aren't going to be in the playoffs. So how good are you really? When when you play the top dogs in the NBA, how are you faring against them? And the Nets, the Jazz, the Suns. They're the best in the NBA. So I've got them as my as my top three teams in the power rankings in that order, Nets, Jazz, Suns. Uh, the Jazz are headed in the wrong direction. But again, when you've got the most wins against quality opponents, the most wins total in the NBA, the best record in the NBA, and the best point differential, I can't have you lower than second. So I've got the Jazz at second in the NBA. So those are the STB power rankings. Um, a lot obviously can change, especially as players come back. Uh, I'd like to see... Uh, Kevin Durant and and especially Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis come back because it feels like they've been out for so long. And then hopefully we get uh, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, LeBron James back shortly. Um, the Jazz and the Nets play this week on either Wednesday or Thursday. So that's something to keep our eye on. Um, I wanted to talk briefly now about, just to finish up, move to the NFL. Just this one deal that took place. Kenny Galladay was viewed as the top top wide receiver available in free agency. And he is a quality player, um, but I, I kind of wanted to decide, is he really worth all of the hype that he's getting? Um, he, he's had Matthew Stafford as his quarterback, and um, he, he's put up big numbers, but it hasn't led to wins. And so and it's tough. Receivers usually don't, they usually don't equate to big wins. You know, you look at a guy like, uh, you know, Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham Jr., it's tough for their wide receiver performance to lead to wins. Usually it's just kind of a, it's a nice little bonus, you know, but it doesn't compare to quarterback play or to pass rushing. Um, and so receivers have kind of been something like the, for instance, the Patriots haven't put a ton of stock in. And so I wondered if Kenny Galladay was worth all of this hype. He was the, he was the best. And I'm going to look up his, I should have had it prepared. Sorry. I did somewhere, but uh, so he signs with the New York giants and I'm pulling up what it is. There it is. Four years, 72 million. So four years, 72 million, um, $17 million signing bonus and 40 million guaranteed. So he gets a big contract to join the Giants, joins the NFC East to play my Washington football team every year, twice every year. He actually didn't play a good portion of last season. He only played five games, um, had two touchdowns, 338 yards. He had good numbers, but he went down with an injury. So he didn't have a ton of uh, playing time last year to go off of. The year before that, though, uh, he did finish with over 1,100 yards, almost 1,200 yards receiving. Um, he had 11 touchdowns, 116 targets, 65 catches. So he he had a he he had a good season. He's only in his fourth or fifth. He'll be going into his fifth season now, 
And so it is a big pickup for the New York Giants. I think they overpaid personally. I don't think that he'll prove to be worth $72 million. Um, but it does give them an extra weapon on offense. And we'll see, you know, we'll see how that fares for them. Um, but to me, Kenny Galladay was this kind of hyped up. It's kind of like a Gordon Hayward in the NBA. Gordon Hayward's a quality player. He's a, he's, a, he's a really, really talented player in the NBA. But nobody thinks of Gordon Hayward as a superstar. He's uh, actually usually not even an all-star. He has been before, but he wasn't this year, for instance. Um, but he always gets a max deal because his free agency just seems to line up perfectly with when there's really nothing else out there. There's nothing else on the table. And it trust me, it makes a big difference. Like financially, it makes a huge difference to be in a draft class that's weak or in a free agency class that's weak. And I would argue that this year's receiver free agency class was relatively weak. So Kenny Galladay cashes in, also didn't play last year. That doesn't that actually kind of maybe helped him. Um, and he's young, so that helps as well. And so Kenny Galladay gets a big contract. Uh, I think he's, you know, reaping the rewards of being on a, uh, a kind of in a in kind of a weaker free agency class. But it is a good pickup for the Giants. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes, especially since he'll be playing against my Washington football team twice a year. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us again. Please subscribe, uh, share this with your friends. Enjoy the rest of March Madness today. Kind of weird having the, the second round go into Monday, but enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. I will see you guys tomorrow. I am out. Peace. We got the Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports.